18 this morning from the New King James Version, Proverbs chapter 10 and verse number 19. The wisdom writer writes and he says, In the multitude of words, sin is not lacking, but he who restrains his lips is wise. I'd like to read it from the New Living Translation. It says, Too much talk leads to sin. Be sensible and keep your mouth shut. And some of you think, I'm plain spoken. Father, we thank you for the word of the Lord today. It is indeed a lamp unto our feet. It is a light unto our path. God, we just pray your anointing will rest upon the message and upon the messenger, Lord, today. Lord, we not feeling real well this morning, have a sore throat and some other things going on. But Lord, we know that your anointing breaks every yoke of hindrance and bondage. And we believe you for it, Father, today. Give us ears upon our heart to receive the word. May we not just be uh, hearers of the word, but may we be doers of the word as well. All for the glory of God. We pray all of God's people said praise the Lord. You may be reseated this morning. The title of my message this morning is Watch Your Words. Perhaps the greatest human power available to man is the incredible power of words. Proverbs 13 and 3 says, Guard your lips and you guard your life. Proverbs 18 and 21 says that the tongue has in it the power of life and death. I like what Mother Teresa said. Mother Teresa said, Words which do not give the light of Christ increase the darkness. The Bible is filled with admonition concerning the words that come out of our mouths. And yet too many people are nonchalant and careless about their words, freely speaking their mind with absolutely no regard to the consequences or casualties that accompany their words. Jesus said it like this in Matthew 12 and 36. Jesus said that on judgment day that every single one of us that name the name of Christ, that every single one of us are going to have to give an account of every idle word that we ever spoke. You understand that when you stand before the Lord uh, uh, on judgment day at the judgment seat of Christ that every single word you ever spoke in your life you're going to give an account for. Maybe we ought to think about that the next time we allow words to roll off of our tongue that we know we ought not say. Perhaps there is no greater power available to mankind today than the power of his words. Let me give you three reasons why I believe that this morning. Reason number one is because words hurt. There's a saying that says, and we all said it, especially when we were little children, we used to say, sticks and stones, oh, may break my bones, but, oh, but words can never hurt me. I mean, understand that nothing could be further from the truth. In fact, the, uh, uh, the truth is words hurt worse than sticks and stones. The bruises that come from sticks and stones will go away in a week or two or three. But how many understand that bruises and wounds that come from words, sometimes they never go away. 
The psalmist said in Psalm 64 and 3, They sharpen their tongues like swords and aim their bitter words like arrows. And Psalm 52 and 2 says, Your tongue cuts like a sharp razor. Let me, let me suggest a couple types of words that, that hurt. First of all, insulting words. When I was a little boy, and I started losing my baby teeth, and my permanent teeth started coming in, and, and then when my two front teeth came in, well, like most people, my two front teeth were too big for my little face. <laughs> Me and Bugs Bunny were friends. I would eventually grow into my adult or permanent teeth, but my brother told me I had buck teeth. And he started calling me Bucky. And from that day forward, I stopped smiling. I didn't want anybody to see my teeth. I didn't smile in pictures for the next 25 years. We'd have family pictures and the kids would give the big smile and my wife would have the big smile and I'd have the little solemn pastoral, you know. (laughs) And the photographer would, would say, sir, smile. Insulting words hurt. My sister got married when I was just 11 years old. Nine months and two days later, she had a baby. I mean, you know, she's had a baby first as soon as she possibly could. She had a baby, and then she had another baby. And, 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 and she started gaining weight. And me and my two brothers made fun of her and called her names. We told fat jokes. Now, now I was just an ignorant kid and didn't really understand the magnitude of what I was doing. But a few years later, my sister announced to the family that she was going to have her stomach stapled. Now, now this was nearly 40 years ago. Today we have some pretty safe procedures like lap band and other things that are pretty common and safe, uh, relatively safe procedures today. But 40 years ago, this was nearly unheard of. This This was out of the box. This was drastic. It was unproven. It was very, very dangerous. After my sister announced to our family that she was having this surgery... I literally got sick to my stomach. A huge cloud of guilt came over me. I began to think she's doing this because her brothers used unkind and insulting words to tease her with. She's doing this because she's tired of being insulted. She would rather risk her health 
than be the brunt of fat jokes. I, I thought as I drove home after the announcement, I thought my sister is putting her life in danger in doing this surgery and it's all my fault. I stopped the car. I found a phone booth. That tells you how long ago it was. And I called my sister and I said, Bobby, Bobby, please don't have this surgery. Bobby, I'm, I'm sorry. I was just a bratty little brother. I, I didn't really know what I was doing. I didn't understand what was happening and Bobby I'm I'm sorry and I I'll never Bobby you you you're not fat Bobby I just tried to reason with her and profusely apologize My sister had the surgery no she didn't die from the surgery but she had complications from this surgery that lasted the rest of her I was just a bratty little brother with no common sense in this area. Hey, listen, I never intended to hurt my sister. But the truth is, words hurt. And the ironic thing is, a few years later, when I got to the age that my sister was when she started putting on weight... Guess who started putting on weight? I started putting on weight, and I carried that weight for years. Somebody said what goes around comes around. The Bible says it like this, give, and it will be given back to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over, will men give into your bosom. And with the same measure you used to give it out is the same measure that will be used to be brought back to you. That's wonderful. We love to shout about that in good things, but I'm going to tell you it's a principle that works not only in the good, but also in the bad. Not only do insulting words hurt, but inaccurate words. Proverbs 15 and 4 says, A deceitful tongue crushes the spirit. Now, I, I, don't, I don't know about you this morning, but, but I say and do enough wrong things all by myself without having other people make things up about me. I don't need you to make things up about me. I'll, I'll stick my foot in my mouth. I'll make my own problems as I go along plenty. 21 years ago, I moved my family to Midland, Texas, and we started a church. We called it Harvest Time Church. We started it from scratch, just me and my family. Word got out that we were coming to Midland. Although we had never, ever been in that city ever before. In fact, we had never been in the city before God called us there to begin a new church. Although we had no connections there, no one there actually knew us, yet once we got there, we started hearing all kinds of stories about us. And none of them were true. 
We later found out that there were people in other churches that didn't want another church in that city. And so they spread lies about us to try and sabotage our ministry and the new church that we were starting. Never forget at a funeral, a man from another church in town came up to me and he said, I need to apologize to you. I said, sir, why in the world would you need to apologize to me? I don't even know you. He said, when you first came to this city, he said, somebody told me a lot of things about you. And he said, for the last five years, I've been watching you. And he said, I have literally hated you. the last five years but he said now I know I was lied to I've watched you you're not who they said you were you're not like what they said you were like please forgive me inaccurate words hurt not only can they hurt your feelings but they can they can absolutely destroy your reputation Oh, we need to be very, very careful who we listen to. Hey, here's a clue. Here's a clue. If they spread more news than CNN, (laughs) just saying, watch your words because words hurt. Not only do words hurt, but hey, words help. Words help. You see, just as words can have a negative effect, they can also have a positive effect. And there are two types of words that that help. And I want to talk about those this morning. Number one is inspiring words. Proverbs 12 and 25 says, encouraging words cheer people up. I have a new ambition in life. And this is not just a sermon. I have a new ambition in life. I want to become an encourager. I want to become known as a Barnabas. Barnabas means son of encouragement. In fact, my new nickname is Barney. Or maybe not. Forget that. Not the cartoon Barney, not Barney Five. (laughs) My bullet. (laughs) Let me ask you this morning, what could be a more noble calling than to become an encourager? To speak inspiring, life-giving words to people. Oh, Oh, to be able to look beyond the faults of people and discover some hidden talent. Discover some minuscule ability. And then to encourage that person to excel in that area of their life. Oh, to put wood on their fire. Oh, to fan their flame. Oh, to become their number one cheerleader. Perhaps we could be the difference in somebody's life by the inspiring and encouraging words that we speak to them. I'll never forget years ago now when we were pastoring in Pampa, Texas. I was in need of a young adult Sunday school teacher. 
The Lord laid someone on my heart. I went to that individual. I, I can remember it as if it was yesterday. I'm standing out in their backyard as they were doing some remodeling on their house. And I was talking to this individual. Uh, and I was asking this individual. Uh, I said, Bud has, has resigned as a, as a young adult Sunday school teacher. And I, I need someone to take Bud's place. And, and I looked at him and I said, John. I said, I said, I think you could do a great job. Never forget, his head hanged down. I looked and tears started rolling down his cheeks. He looked at, up at me and he said, Pastor, I'm whatever age he was, I don't remember, 30 years old, whatever he was, I don't remember. He said, that's the first time in my entire life that anybody ever told me they thought I could do anything. Not only did John Bailey become my young adult Sunday school teacher, later I helped him become credentialed with the Assemblies of God. Later he became one of our Assemblies of God pastors. Later he became a missionary with Wycliffe Bible translators in Papua, New Guinea. Inspiring words. I'll never forget in Midland, Texas, we had just started this fledgling church and there was, you know, I didn't get all the training all these guys get today on boot camp and all this stuff. They teach them and train them all this stuff. I just, I just went out there and just, you know, just bumbled my way through. And early on, we didn't even have ushers. So I would just ask men out of the congregation, Bill and George and Jack, would you come and take the offering? I mean, one Sunday I said, Bill and George and Jack and Don, would you come and receive the off- help pastor take the offering this morning? Well, Bill and Jack and who else did I say, John? They jump up and they come waltzing down there and Don just sits there. So I thought he didn't hear me. I said, Don. Would you help me with the offering this morning, please? And he just sits there. It's getting kind of uncomfortable. I said, Don Thompson, please, would you help me with the offering this morning, please? He just sits there. His wife literally gives him the elbow and says, Pastor, won't you to help with the offering? Everybody heard it. He gets up, he stumbles forward, he takes the offering. His wife tells me next Sunday when they get to church, said, you notice always Don, and their name was Don and Vi, said, you always notice we were always late every Sunday? I said, yeah, I noticed. She said, well, it ain't me, it's Don. Said, he, you know, he gets up to crack a Don, but he'll drink his coffee and drink a pot of coffee and he'd read the paper and all this, and I'm trying to get him to church. Oh, we'll get there when we get there, we'll get there when we get there. He said, I want to, she said, I want to tell you something. She said, this morning, it wasn't like that. She said, this morning, Don got up. He had his coffee and read his paper, but he said, in plenty of time. He said, Vi, get out of here. Let's go, man. We got to get to church. Pastor might need me to do something today. 
Donna, I missed part of the story. Donna told me, he said, he said, Pastor, when you, when, you, when you asked me to take the offering, I heard you the first time. I heard you the second time. I heard you the third time. But he said, I just thought, he cannot be talking to me because nobody's ever asked me to do anything in church before. Inspiring words. Harry uh, Hopman built an Australian dynasty in world tennis. How did he do it? He took his slowest player and nicknamed him Rocket. And he took a weak, frail, scrawny kid and nicknamed him Muscles. Rod, Rocket, Laver, and Ken Muscles Rosewall became two of the greatest tennis players of all time. Why? Why? Inspiring words help. But not only do inspiring words help, but also instructing words. Instructing words, Proverbs 12 and verse, or excuse me, Proverbs 22 and 17 says, Listen to the words of the wise. Apply your heart to my instruction. Proverbs 23 and 12, listen carefully to words of knowledge. Let me help you out a little bit this morning. We don't have to learn everything all by ourselves. We can learn from listening to others. But it's very, very important who we choose to listen to because who we are and who we are becoming is based on who we choose to listen to. A woman called the animal control number complaining that there was a skunk in her basement and needed their help to get it out. person at the animal control office told her to place food on every single step of her basement stairway and the skunk would follow the trail of food out of her basement. An hour later, the woman called back frantic. There are now two skunks in my basement. We need to be careful who we listen to and who we go to for instructing words. If we go to the wrong person, our life might just become doubly stinky. (laughs) Pun intended. Let me just pause just for a second this morning. The wisdom that we have gleaned in our lives should not go to the grave with us. What we have learned, the wisdom that we have gleaned should be passed on to others. Paul said it like this when he was speaking to young Timothy in 2 Timothy 2 and 2. Timmy, Paul writes, you've learned many, many things from me and now it's your turn. Now it's your turn to teach others what you have learned from me and they in turn can teach others also, not only do words hurt and words help, but number three and finally this morning, words heal. Amen. Proverbs 12 and 18 says, the tongue of the wise brings healing. I, I don't have to tell you this morning that people are hurting today. Statistics tell us that one out of every three females have been sexually molested and one out of every four males. People are hurting. There's no such thing as job security anymore. You know? Years ago, if you got on with a good company, you could have 30, 35, 40 years, a gold watch, a good pension. Today, you're going to have three, four, five, six different employees, employers. Families are in trouble. Divorce, abuse, violence, addiction. 
The economy is in the toilet and nobody knows the answer. And nobody trusts anyone anymore. And the list could go on and on. People are hurting today. People need healing today. And never before has the church needed to be a place of healing than today. The grace place, who we are going to become. The grace place will have most of the world as its potential. You, you talk about potential. I ask you, who doesn't need some grace these days? Oh, the Boston team came back all fired out, or fired up about the down and out. Let me tell you, that's wonderful. But I'm going to tell you, the up and out need grace too. We need to become dispensers of grace. And the place to start is with our words. Again, Proverbs 12 and 18, the tongue of the wise brings healing. See, words can either help or they can hurt. They can either hurt or they can heal. Let me ask you this morning, what's coming out of your mouth? Let me mention two types of words that we need to be dispensing today. The first one is intelligent words. I mean, no, that's a good idea. Somebody needs to send this to Washington, amen. Intelligent words. Proverbs 12 and 18, one more time. The tongue of the wise. Doesn't say the tongue brings healing. It says the tongue of the wise brings healing. Friend, when somebody is hurting, we need to be very, very careful what we say to them. And friend, if you don't know for sure what to say, if you don't know for sure how to respond, then don't say anything. Please. Just be there for them. Let me tell you what to say when somebody's somebody's lost a loved one. Somebody committed suicide, somebody just fought, whatever, divorce, whatever. Write these three things down. This is what you say to them. I'm sorry for what you're going through. I'm sorry for what you're going through. Number two, I love you. Number three, I'm praying. For you. That's all you need to say. I'm sorry. Oh, my heart aches. I'm sorry for what you're going through. I love you. I'm praying for you. That's it. Your loved ones die. Don't tell them that God needed another singer in the heavenly choir. God's got enough singers in the heavenly choir. He doesn't have to kill your loved one to put one there. I'm sorry for what you're going through. I love you. I'm praying for you. Just be there for them. Proverbs 15 and 7 says, The lips of the wives, wives, not wives, sometimes the wives do this, but the the lips, I'll get it right in a minute, the lips of the wives Give good advice. 
Don't, don't just say whatever it is that's on top of your head. Speak intelligently or don't speak at all. Proverbs 15 and 23 says, It is wonderful to say the right thing at the right time. Wow. The opposite of this is found in Proverbs 13 and 16. It says, Irresponsible talk makes a real mess of things. Oh, I love the word, don't you? Friend, how many lives have been negatively affected by listening to the wrong advice? Oh, we need to be very, very careful what we say to people who look to us for advice. And if we don't know, we ought to just own up to the fact that we don't know. It's very liberating. I don't know. I'll try and find an answer for you, but I don't know. Instead of just saying what's ever on top of your head, that's ridiculous. Trying to fake it till you make it. Okay, they don't know either. They ask the question. Words heal. Words heal. Intelligent words heal. Let me suggest the second one. Intentional words. Proverbs 15 and 28. The heart of the godly thinks carefully before speaking. Intentional. John 6 and 63, Jesus said, Jesus said, he said, hey guys, he said the words that I speak, he said they are spirit and they are life. Let me ask you this morning, do you speak life or do you speak death into people's lives? Do you speak life or do you speak death into people's dreams? Do you speak life or do you speak death into their future, into their hope? I want to become more intentional with my words. Listen, friend, I want people to think of me when I begin walking towards them. I want it to begin coming into their mind. All right, awesome, awesome pastors coming toward me. Here comes some encouragement. Oh, here comes someone that's going to add value to me. Here comes somebody that is going to lift my spirits. I don't want people to be thinking when I walk toward them, oh no, here comes a bucket of cold water to throw on my flame. Oh no, here comes an old wet blanket to smother my dream. Oh oh no, here comes all of the reasons why I can't do what it is that is in my heart to do. No, 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 never, never, never do I want that for me. Paul writes in Ephesians 4.29, the Living Bible says, Say only what is good and helpful. We could get the worship team in place this morning. Say only what is good and helpful to those you are talking to. And what will give them a blessing. Oh, I want to challenge you today to become intentional. Intentional. In your words. I want to challenge you today to begin to speak blessing over people. Speak encouragement and affirmation. Look for the good in people instead of the bad. Affirm their good qualities. Mark Twain said, he said, I can live two whole months on a good compliment. Somebody said, what gets recognized gets repeated. Somebody does something good for you, 
You want it to happen again? You better recognize it. You got employees under you, they do something good, you want them to keep doing it? You better recognize the fact. Well, I get recognized every Friday when they get their paycheck. Well, be that way if you want to. But if you want them to go a second mile, what, get, what gets recognized gets repeated. Let me tell you something else. Even more than recognizing them one-on-one, -on -one, that's important. But you do it in a public setting? Ooh, you talk about things picking up. Because everybody is looking for a little recognition. Everybody is looking for a little recognition. Everyone appreciates being appreciated. That being said, I ask you this morning, how long has it been since you intentionally showed appreciation to your family? Sir, how long has it been since you told your wife you loved her? Well, I told her on our wedding day I loved her, and I told her if I ever changed her my mind, she'd be the first to know. <laughs> bubba, bubba, bubba. How long has it been since you intentionally showed appreciation to your family, to your friends, to your boss, to your employees? The subject today is watch your words. Amen. I want to finish with this as everyone stands this morning. David said in Psalm 19 and 14, May the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be pleasing to you, O Lord, my rock and my Redeemer. Let me say it one more time. Watch your words. Watch your words. God is. Because every idle word that men shall speak shall they give account of the day of judgment. God, I just pray today, Lord, for this word, Lord, that burns within my heart and within my spirit today. Father, all of us, all of us have said and done things we wish we had never done or said. Many are here today that words have been spoken over them and to them. Just as the words that my brother spoke to me as a little boy lasted me over 25 years. Help us today. Oh God, forgive us for the words that we say that are not the words we ought to say. And God, I just pray that healing will come to those that have heard words spoken over them that they have, they have, they have listened to and they need to be free from today. Your heads are bowed and your eyes are closed in this house today. I'm going to ask two or three questions this morning. We've got plenty of time this morning. We're in no hurry. We're, we're doing good today.
First of all, let me just ask you how many this morning, nobody looking around, thought you'll lift your hand and admit to the fact that, wow, I've said a lot of things I'm going to have to give account for, and man, I know God has forgiven me, and and yet I'm still going to have to give an account for it. I'm going to lose some of my rewards. Some of my rewards are going to burn up because the bad takes burns up some of the good. And I don't want that to continue. So I want to change. I want to change my words today. I want to change my words today. I've, I, I realize that I need to, to. I need to watch my words. I need to watch my words. I need to. I need to make a conscious effort to watch my words. And I want to do better. I want to do better in this area. How many of you would, would lift your hand this morning? I bless you. I bless you. I, I'm worried about those of you that didn't lift your hand this morning. Should have been 100%. But that's okay. Too late now. Too late. I wonder, play softly, please. I wonder how many this morning you'd say, Pastor, words have been spoken over me that have bruised and wounded and negatively affected my life. I need healing in that area, and I need the Lord to help me get beyond those words. Stop listening to those words and start listening to the word of the Lord that says I'm more than a conqueror. Lord leads me in triumph continually. Greater is he that is within me than he that is within the world. And God has the plan to prosper me and not to harm me, to give me a future and a hope. I've had words spoken over me that I've carried my entire life. I need healing in that area. I need to get beyond those words. I want your prayer this morning. Can I see your hand all over this room? God bless you, sir. God bless you, ma'am. And you, and you, and you. See, I could play the martyr and say, my brother called me Bucky and I went 25 years not smiling. I could point a finger at him, but you know what? I also admitted the fact that just as my brother injured me, I injured my own sister. Like my father always said when he was ministering, still does, I'm sure. When I point a finger at you, he said, always said there's three of them pointing right back at me. So it's three to one. Three to one. Three to one. Amen. Father, I just pray right now for those that lifted their hands today. God, I just pray, Lord, today, Lord, that you'll help us today to watch our words. God, for those words that have been spoken over us, Lord, that have wounded and hurt us and negatively affected our life. God, I pray that we'll find healing. We will get beyond those words. We'll stop listening to those words and start listening to the powerful word of God. God, I pray even as the psalmist prayed that you will set a watch over our mouths today. God, help us to be more conscious of the words that come out of our mouths, God, recognizing and understanding how powerful those words are. God, give us wisdom not only to keep our mouth shut, but give us wisdom to speak the right word at the right time. Speak intelligently and speak when we need to speak for the glory of God. Can we all come closer to the front this morning? Everybody come in. I want us to, I want us just to spend a little time at the altars this morning. Amen. If you need to cry out to God, you cry out to God today. If you need to worship.
worship you worship. Amen. I want us just to have a little time around the altar today. If you need special prayer for any reason, find you a good mature saint and ask them to pray for you. You can give them as much or as little information that as you, as you want to give them. But the Bible says pray one for another that you may be healed. So if you need special prayer, you can ask someone to pray for you. You can pray for someone as well. Let, let, let's worship in song this morning. Let's worship as well.